0: Twisted Games. Welcome to Twisted Games. I'm Monica and I'm Amber and we're back for another story. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I'm finally not sick. I listened to the episode that I put out last week and by the end of it when I was editing it, you can hear me go Gasp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I noticed that too.
1: I was like, uh, she's dying. Yeah, you but... can hear me
0: slowly petering out, <laughs> and then the amount of cops I was editing towards the end, I was like, and you could see where I wasn't because there was huge gaps each time, so I was like, ugh. At least I don't sound nasally, which I feel like I've sound so many of these because I was sick like three times in a row. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You were dying for sure. <sighs> it was kind of a sexy nasal until until the hacking part. <laughs> until the Gene Hackman came yeah. on and off. Yeah. Like, ah. And then I was like, oh, not sexy.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Not sexy anymore. I do still have a lingering cough, but I am three weeks in, so I am good. I'm good. I'm ready. <laughs>
1: uh, how you been? What you been doing? <laughs> Girl. So, you know, Christmas, I love Christmas. It's great, 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 all that stuff. But as soon as it's over, I'm like, okay, time for spring. Mm -hmm. So, and I know you feel that way too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, in a lot of ways. So with spring, I've been trying to do a lot of organization. And we don't have kids, but somehow (laughs) we... (laughs) We accumulate so much crap, and uh, you you may not know this about me, Monica, but I'm a little bit of a type A personality.
0: I'm shook right now.
1: What? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I don't really need the sad part, (laughs) which means that I usually like things in their place, and right now, my house isn't so bad right now, but it was a disaster for the last couple weeks, just chaotic. It looked like, I don't know, box forts at every inch... (laughs)
0: My this is house. sounding fun, though.
1: No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it starts making my head spin around after I can see that, a little though. while. I can see that. So, you know, we, we've we got a lot of it done. We still have a lot to do. But as you walked in and you can actually walk in my house now, Yeah. I was like, like, what are
0: you talking about? It's beautiful <laughs> in
1: here. Yeah. And I'm like, Rrr. I got boxes Don't hidden. Don't go
0: around the corners, yeah. my Straight. Careful. Where we're yeah.
1: <laughs> Be very careful where you step. But it's getting there. What about yeah. you? Are you doing spring cleaning?
0: not until spring no. <laughs> it is spring <laughs> oh i'm sorry no you're right uh, <laughs> probably. probably not until spring i do we do once a year though mm. do this exact same thing too yeah i have the kids go through r- their rooms i go through my area and then we go through the community areas together mm-hmm. and we just take the whole day and i'm like toss it because i'm i'm like you except i get very extreme and i'm like throw it away. Yeah, hey. and he's yeah. like, "That's our bet." No, yeah. I'm not-, <laughs> not that extreme. Yeah. But no, I really do go on these cakes where I'm like, "Just throw it all fucking away." Yeah, and he's like, "We could use this." And there have been times when, like, two months later, he's like, "Remember when we got rid of it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I remember." Yeah, please don't remind me. Yeah,
1: I'm definitely the donation person where sure. I'm like, donate yeah. everything.
0: I definitely donate a lot, too. When I say trash it, it means just getting away from the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. Or, like, our our favorite is to, like, the bigger stuff. Like, we've put out beds or fridges when we've exchanged them. We put them on the corner. Because in our area, like, obviously, if it's not working, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to scrap it. But if it's a perfectly working refrigerator or whatever it is, I'm going to put it at the corner first and give somebody the opportunity to get it for free so they don't have to buy it at Goodwill. Because now they're uppricing everything. Yeah. I definitely, definitely get that yeah, as well. Yeah, so. for sure. Well, well I have there. a story for you today. Wow. And I know you're not ready, but you're going to have to do I'm never that
1: ready, it. so hopefully this year I can start getting ready for these stories, but... Probably not. They're usually ugly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: this is not any better. Okay. Uh, I did spare a lot of the details because there's... You know what's happening. There's no need to say what's happening, mm, so you'll see, great. but you'll see. Uh, to get some sources out of the way right now, I'm going to... Just do it real quick. It's ranker.com, chicagotribune.com, abc7chicago.com. I don't know if this is telling you where
1: it's Uh, at. In my hometown? Yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: And Cold Case Murder Mysteries podcast I lightly, I listen to for a couple minutes. From what I hear, nothing
1: bad ever happens in (laughs) Chicago, so I'm not sure about these sources.
0: Cool. Well, (laughs) well, let me change your mind real quick. So this is the story of a woman, and I know I'm probably saying her name wrong, but I am white. I grew up in the suburb, suburbs, and I'm at least trying. Okay, give me that. It's Corazon Amurao. Amurao? Yes, the nurse who survived Richard Speck. Okay. By you not going gross, I'm going to know you did not also hear this story because you never hear any of my <laughs> stories. It's so great. I get to tell you these Who's
1: stories. Who's retrospect? Uh, yeah. All these,
0: like, in, you know, anybody that's listening, they're like, that likes true crime, they yeah. like, girl.
1: I mean, but you are without just, like, knowing that you're a true crime, yeah, like, yeah. that's what this is going to be about. I'm like, retrospect, sounds like an upstanding guy. <laughs> like, I have no idea. Does he wear khakis? It doesn't say
0: what you like wear, but I'm going to everyone you have now. wears khakis.
1: Yeah, I'm <laughs> fucking concerned. Yeah.
0: Be weary of khakis, yeah. apparently. I mean, when I'm like, go on. here's yeah, Richard? Who's Richard? <laughs> no, his name is Dick in my story. Or Cora's zone. Yeah, that's her name. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, a little about her, just to get to her before we get to mm-hmm. the tragedy. She was born in the 1940s and grew up in Batangas near Manila in the Philippines. Oh, Uh her hometown population was roughly 200 people. That's tiny. So, so small. Very, very small, small. Uh It's a town that is known for making the. Uh, <laughs> it's called the song, but it's also known as the butterfly knife. So that's what her towns make. You know, they, they're they very famously known for making that knife there.
1: Oh, oh, the Flippy Flippy. Yeah, 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 yeah Oh, yeah. oh, I was like, what's a butterfly you, knife? And you know, looked at me so perplexed. And I, was and I was like, like it's, it's a knife. Yeah. Like, what? Wait, it jar- the Jets and the Sharks flip a flip around it on the West Side Story. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know, the Flippy Knife got it. <laughs> I, I immediately refer to a Broadway show because I know otherwise I awesome. have no
0: idea. I know for a while they were illegal here, too. I don't know if they're still illegal.
1: Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't
0: know. I didn't look it up, I but know. I did know that. She was one of eight children, so she came from a very large family. Mm-hmm. She was roughly 4'10", 4'11", different uh, articles or sites say different oh, things. Oh, she's a so, But she's a, she's a tiny little thing. A little, little thing. 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 hmm She was also stated... Many stated that while she was small, she was not easily intimidated, so... Yeah. What were you going to say?
1: Did you say she was Puerto Rican? Is that what I heard? Filipino. Filipino. Uh Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just... What you hear about Filipino women, from what I understand, they're forced Don't to be ragamuffin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, yeah no,
0: hundred percent. She mm-hmm.
1: might be pocket size, but she is mighty. <laughs> yeah, and Uh-oh. she's surrounded by butterfly knives. Yeah, flippy flips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's
0: what I'm going <laughs> to always call them <laughs> flippy flips.
1: Now, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I, I didn't know what it was. Oh, so At first, I was like, ah. Oh.
0: Awesome. The dean at her nursing school was also quoted in saying she could adjust easily. She was calm and had a good presence of mind. So she sounded like a, a sturdy person who knew what she wanted, who knew what she needed, and wasn't going to be bullied around. by Oh, any good means for her. Corazon eventually went to school where the, she then graduated from Eastern, from the Eastern University of Manila. She worked for a couple of years and then applied to. A starting position at an American hospital in 1966. So she started over there as a nurse and then Mm -hmm. came over here. She arrived actually in the U.S. on May 9th, 1966 to start her position as a staff nurse at the South Chicago Community Hospital. Okay. She lived with eight women in a townhome and all of those other women were finishing their senior years at the school's hospital, or the hospital's nursing school. So mm. they were all living together. They're mm. all nurses doing their that's thing. That's a lot of people in a townhome. That is a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a lot of just all women in general. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That sounds like chaos to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's about our group,
0: though. I know, but we don't live together. That's true. We that's are true. rowdy as fuck when we're that's together. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine that on an everyday, all-day basis. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... Corazon recalls a time when Merlita, who was one of her roommates, would cook adobo Filipino and mm. panchit. She said that they'd all come home, they'd smell the food, and then they'd all eat together and just really enjoy their time mm. together. Sounds good. And then I gave you um, a little, I guess, what that dish is, because I wanted to tell you because it sounds it's so good. It <laughs> the chef in you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I just wanted to tell you guys. So it's a slow-cooked chicken that's marinated in vinegar, soy sauce, garlic, bay leaves, and peppercorns. Um, and they cook it that way and it gets all 10 and fall off the bony Uh, and then pancit or pancit yes whichever is a noodle dish that's prepared many different ways so whoever's making it makes their own version but it always contains noodles soy sauce some sort of chopped meat and vegetables yum yeah so i would also enjoy my time
1: yum seasoned chicken and some sort of pasta and veggie mix Mm. like Yes, done. Done. We literally just ate dinner, but like my mouth is a little watery. I'm like, mm-hmm. I know. I that was writing
0: this episode, and I was like, oh, I haven't made adobo in forever. Mm-hmm. I need to make that tonight, and I was like, No, I can't make that tonight. I won't be able to eat it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm coming over. So selfishly, I said, No, thank you. I'll make it next week. That's true. Unfortunately, we'll get to the down and dirty. Okay. Corazon's ordeal started July 14th. 1966, after she got off from work at the hospital, she took a shuttle from the hospital back to her townhouse because, as they said, it was the school's nursing area. So, oh. you know, it sounds like they had a sweet little gig set up that she shared with her roommates. Her Ranker.com, Corazon followed her normal routine. She washed her clothes. She wrote letters to her family in the Philippines, which I think is so sweet. So she was, she was at home already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At 1030 at night, Corazon started heading to her room To get to bed. She also shared a room with Merlita. So she was in a shared room. She was headed to bed. It was 1030 at night. So while she's in her room, you know, getting in the bed, approximately 30 minutes later, that's when a man named Richard Speck, who I so lovingly just wanted to let you know, I'm changing his name to Dick. I will not call him Richard anymore.
1: Okay. Dick (laughs) Speck. Got it.
0: Dick Speck. (laughs) Ew. (laughs) <laughs> you said it. I know, but that's a- <laughs> I love that for him, <laughs> Dick Spec. <laughs> so he broke into their house through a window. That's when and With you know all these women And back in the sixties It was very normal to leave your windows open, your doors unlocked. Well, and in the city,
1: you probably don't have AC Mm -hmm. or central air, and you know.
0: Yeah. And that's they said that, actually, about this case. This was one of the cases that changed a lot of people's mindsets about leaving their windows unlocked and their doors unlocked. This case really shook a lot of people. So they will... That's when everybody was like, eh, no, I don't care how hot it is. We're Uh going to figure this out. So he broke in through a window. Dick was armed with a 22 pistol and a hunting knife so dick walked up to car and marlita's bedroom and just so gently knocked on their door weird it's their bedroom how
1: door. how weird would mm-hmm. you feel like laying in bed and someone knocked on your bedroom door
0: i would like freak the fuck out you well, know
1: everyone that's in the house why yeah. are they knocking you yeah. know like that feels so it would bizarre actually you know what I guess. I guess if you're living with a bunch of people, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna say because my kids, we've now that they're older, they knock on our door. Oh, that's good in case mom and dad have some sexy time going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, and like, knock I knock not their door. No one knocks on my door. But, <laughs> just
0: yeah, I was gonna in. say for your instance, yeah. that would be so fucking weird. I'd be freaked out. But anyone. also, I didn't even think about it until you just said it. She's. You're right. They had a bunch of roommates. Maybe so they were maybe? all being respectful. Yeah, but st- I don't know. But I don't still know. late at
1: night, so it's, still odd. Yeah. She Knocking yeah. on your door.
0: 100%. It's, it's creepy enough that it's out of the norm that I would freak out. And I know I say I taught my kids middle of the night, though, like at 11 o'clock, if something's wrong or it's scared, they're busting in. They don't give a fuck. Right. Because <laughs> like, they know, even if mommy and daddy were having sexy time, which they never, never hear about or know about, <laughs> I'm in bed sleeping by that time. Yeah. Well, yeah. well into the we night. All know sexy time
1: ends at 8 30 at
0: night for Monica. <laughs> So. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So, Randall, because I do this all the time. It's so funny you said that. We were talking about how on Valentine's Day, you know, we've got those plans. Uh-huh. And it's a little bit later at night. It's like 745. Uh-huh. I was like, uh, what am I going to do? We have to take a little cat nap before we like, go out to dinner. Yeah, dude. You're in bed Hey <laughs> And I was like, I'm going to be fine. I'm a grown up. This is a grown up thing to do. <laughs> and he's like, okay, Monica. <laughs> but anyways, I just thought that was funny. <laughs> That's sure. really, it's really funny, actually. <laughs>
1: adult. I can stay up late if I want. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I can stay up late if I want. Oh my gosh. So after he knocked on the door, Corazon answered the door and that's when Dick went in and started systematically rounding up all the women from all the rooms together and putting them in one room. By holding them like it, intimidation. with a gun. He, yeah, he and held the them knife. all at gunpoint and that's when he started bringing them all to one room. Odd that you knock on the door. I know. You're doing this but you're like, hey knock
1: knock. Yeah, why yeah. not you just yell and be like, ah, everyone, whatever. Well,
0: interesting that you say that because Horizon testified that the American women didn't think Dick had violent intentions because he had been so calm through it. Oh. Even rounding him up, he just was oh. super chill. He did come off as a little drunk, but he was super chill. I'll get to that in a second, too. But Weird. Yeah, so... I mean, he had a
1: gun, so come on, ladies. Yeah. Clearly not super passive here.
0: Yeah. I mean... I'm with Corazon, and actually, Corazon, Merlita, and Valentina all decided, nope, this isn't good, It's uh, and attempted to hide in the closet, and I believe they were all Filipino, or not of American descent. Oh, um, uh-huh. So, all three of them, which... They had the right idea. We're like, not nah, fuck this guy. You guys are, you ladies are crazy. Like basically, you ladies are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so they did. They tried to go hide in a closet. Unfortunately, one of the other women were able to persuade them to come out and just stay calm around Dick, so that they wouldn't get safe. She she was able to get all three of them to come out of the closet. Which to what? Uh, what an I asshole, think Dick. You yeah. guys are cool with it. They're not. Let them hide. What yeah. the fuck? So hmm. they, I know. And I'm thinking, like, what is this? You're in it, so you want everyone in it? Like, let them hide. And if he finds them, he finds them. Like, If you still chill, what does it matter if they're hiding in a closet? Yeah. That was rude. The women told Corazon, Merlita, and Valentina that Dick just wanted money so that he can go to New Orleans, which is what he had told them. He just wanted money. He wanted to go to New Orleans, and then he would leave him alone. Uh, The women all thought after he got his money, he'd leave and things would be okay. Like I said, Dick had been holding them out at gunpoint, and at this point... Once he had them all in the room, once Marlita, Valentina, and Corazon were out as well, he had them all empty their purses, so, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. they're still thinking robbery. Then he got a bed sheet and made strips out of it and tied them all up, their hands and feet. Mm -hmm. And that's your sign right there. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, what does he need to do that for if he's just robbing you and Mm -hmm. you already gave him everything you had? Around 12 o'clock is when Dick started to take the women one by one into uh, another room to rape, torture, and kill them individually. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm not going into detail. I'm cool with not going into detail. I know a lot of other podcasts do that I even listen to, but I'm fucking good. <laughs> you know what's going on.
1: Yeah, we get
0: the gist. Yeah, you get the gist. We get the gist. We'll leave we'll every leave it single too. woman.
1: It's disgusting. Uh-huh. So he killed them after he raped them.
0: Mm-hmm. So, and it. It didn't say, to be fair, if he he was able to rape them all because there were, there were nine, obviously there's survivors, so one mm-hmm. of them, it didn't have, so it was, there were eight of them, like, I don't know. I,
1: I'm just thinking of the physical
0: part yeah, of that's it. that's exactly, like, like, I don't I was, know how to say, like, how the hell did he do I that? I don't
1: want to be too crass, yeah. but I'm guessing it wasn't. Uh, yeah anyways it was disgusting yes. whatever it was way, it was whatever burst. was going on
0: it was yeah. disgusting so it was during the systematic attack that Corazon took her chance and rolled under the bed that was in the room that they, she was under and hid thankfully none of the women were assholes this time and said anything so but she stayed there and she stayed quiet corazon would stay hidden and silent under that bed for six long brutal hours while she laid there listening to her fellow nurses be taken one by one to be slain by this monster according to corazon the other women were silent were so silent and never made a sound when they were taken from their makeshift holding room. But she did, however, hear them cry and scream once they made it to the room with Dick. I mean, she unfortunately had to hear all of that.
1: I'm sure that's just panic Mm -hmm. and they don't, I mean, shock of what is going on.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the fact that they all just sat there is pretty bewildering.
1: Well, did they know that they were getting killed at that point? Maybe they thought that, like, if they just went and they did this part, they could possibly survive the night.
0: Yeah, you have to wonder though if none of them are coming back them? with the knife.
1: Yeah, so it was silent. That's true. And maybe moved them to a different room, and they didn't know until they got in there, and then they saw the mess, which is why they started screaming. Yeah,
0: they got, but then you think after the third like person screaming, you'd be like, Nah, my guy, I'll jump out the window if I have to. But I don't know. I Obviously. Don't know. I have no idea what was going through. It's horrible. And what was going on at that time. But I just but I also know that this was a different time. You know what I mean? Mm. Women Mm -hmm. were a lot more willing to do as they were instructed, where now I told you the story about how I "Eh," guys in the car when they're asking for directions. Like it's a different time. So Mm -hmm. that, you know, now that I think about it, that makes a lot more sense too. Yeah. So Per Ranker.com, Corazon said that all she could do was remain silent and stay out of sight while she had to endure listening to the tragedy. Luckily for Corazon, though, Dick was drunk and had lost count of how many women were actually in the house. The attack lasted roughly four to five hours, and remember, like I said, it, it started at eleven. So if it lasted four hours, it ended at three. If it lasted at five hours, it ended at four. And I say this because Corazon stayed under the bed until six in the morning just to ensure that Dick truly left and wasn't hanging around doing whatever. He could be doing rifling through shit and she couldn't hear him or whatever. So she stayed under there. She was the only one left in that room at that point. Right, right, right. And he didn't check under the bed, thank God, because it sounds like he was actually very drunk. He had stopped at a few bars in Chicago before he would come, so. Mm, It's horrible. It is. It's really sad. I I mean, good for her that he was that drunk, but oh my God. I know, and I hate to say that she was lucky because nothing about this is lucky, but she was lucky she trusted her gut. Yeah. All the while Corazon was working on the bed sheet while she was under there that was used to tie her up. And she had loosened the bindings um, around her feet and hands and was able to take them off. So that's what she was doing under there that whole time. Obviously besides being quiet, but she was also working on all that. Yeah. So once Corazon got up from her hiding spot, she walked through the townhouse on her way to get help. She looked into the rooms where she spotted, oh, seven. I almost got my numbers wrong. Seven of the eight women. So it was seven women. She was the eighth Corazon testified that she opened the window on the second story and screamed for roughly five minutes and nothing came of her screaming.
1: At six o'clock in the morning, uh-huh. like people are leaving for work around then, yeah. like goodness gracious. Mm-mm. She said she was screaming, but it's a city and busy, and I'm sure this is not the first. Like no a one bigger the cities, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You hear this kind of shit. Not mm-hmm. what she's yelling. I'll tell you in a second, but yelling but like, in still, general. Je- yelling, yeah. in general. She said that she was screaming. They are all dead. My friends are all dead. Oh God, I'm the only one alive. After five minutes, Corazon then climbed out the window onto the ledge of their second story, where she screamed for help for another twenty minutes. When finally a man walking his dog, stopped and helped and was able to get the police on their way. 20 minutes of screaming after the five minutes of screaming. Like as a neighbor, even I would be like, bro. She didn't leave. No, I don't know why. It doesn't say why, but she just stayed there and was like screaming for help. I don't know if it was a trauma response and she didn't want to. I couldn't tell you. Interesting. The police were called and quickly showed up after that. And then on July 17th. Dick had attempted to commit suicide, but failed in doing so. So, so three days so after. So they know
1: his name. So they knew who it was. They did not.
0: But this is where he gets caught. So he, this dude, this random dude, but I, we know it's Dick, uh, attempts to commit suicide, fails in doing so. You know, he was brought to Cook County Hospital and uh-huh, treated for Cook his County. self-inflicted gashes. Mm-hmm. The doctor, his doctor, Dr. Leroy Smith... He would be the one that was taking care of Dick. So Doctor Smith had just taken dinner and seen a sketch of the killer on the front page, and there was a description of a tattoo that the attacker had had as well. That was re- that said, "Born to raise hell." So he goes to his patient after he's done eating dinner, and while cleaning Dick up, Doctor Smith notices a peculiar tattoo, and it says, "Born to raise hell." So the doctor asked Dick if he was the guy that the police were looking for that attacked that had attacked all those nurses, and Dick said, "Yeah." <laughs> okay yeah
1: I know I know it's not really funny but like if I were the doctor would I just ask
0: I know I <laughs> and read then... that and I was like that's you wouldn't just call the cops instead of <laughs> yeah. let them
1: ask and be like y'all can you come here figure mm-hmm. this out and then on the other hand you be like oh yeah that was me did you read my story
0: <laughs> like no that was he took it upon himself to ask and I think that's dangerous because obviously if he would have said no I'm hoping that he he still would have called the cops yeah. you know what I mean but like I don't know. It yeah, was, what if he did say no though? Yeah, what if he said no? Oh, what are you do? oh, my
1: bad. Oh. There must be a lot of more yeah, yeah. gray <laughs> health tattoos around here.
0: Eddie, that happens to look like your face because there was a sketch of him on the front page. Like, oh my god, get out of here! But hey, whatever. So you know, he called the cops, and after all, so Which well, should have been
1: there. the first thing he did.
0: I agree. I'm <laughs> not asking this crazy man. You know,
1: funny story, but you look like,
0: I'm like what? So interesting, what? and you have the same tattoo. God. What? Per the Chicago Tribune, in a later email sent later years later when he was interviewed, Dr. Smith had stated, I was just amazed as everyone that this despicable person landed on my surgical service that evening. And I was just like, uh-huh. Like, look at you, Dr. Smith. I wonder
1: if it was difficult. Well, maybe he wasn't 100% sure, even though that guy admitted. And people in desperate situations, especially if they're trying to take their own lives, they admit to things that maybe aren't true, you know? Yeah. And it happened to be that he looked like him and he had the similar tattoo, but it was a sketch as well. Yeah. It's not like yeah. photographs or anything. So, you know, I wonder if just because you weren't 100% sure even at that time. Right. But I don't know. Like... If you knew that that was the person that did all those things to those women, that'd be hard to save them, right? When they get in like that Grey's Anatomy bullshit uh-huh. series, yeah. where you're like question the morality.
0: No, 100%. saving it. I can imagine. I can imagine that being hard.
1: That'd be hard. But I also he has that, a duty. He took the Hippocratic oath. He's supposed yeah. to like do what he's supposed to do. But I, I know personally that would be hard. Yeah.
0: No, I I agree. Yeah. And, but, you know, it's interesting when you said that, you said something that made me think maybe he asked him because he had just tried to commit suicide mm-hmm. and he knew how vulnerable he was mm-hmm. feeling at that moment which is also true I wonder if that's why he asked mm-hmm. because people will admit to anything when they have near death experiences mm-hmm. yeah. sometimes not all people I feel like I would I'd be like yeah I took five dollars one time when I was seven yeah <laughs> but I mean like maybe that's why he thought he had a better chance of getting an answer at that point because maybe. he was so low Yeah. maybe I mean that's the only thing I can yeah. think about
1: he could have been possibly drugged you know mm-hmm. uh, yeah. from the pain yeah. and what I don't know where he was in that process but yeah but I guess that makes more sense but still weird like I don't know if I would have gone
0: excuse me sir <laughs> did you do this? that I mean it, it is ballsy that's for sure I probably would have I mean like hey you look a lot like that dude I probably wouldn't have asked him I would have just told him like you probably look like you look like that dude a lot
1: that I could see you doing
0: yeah. <laughs> and you got the tattoo And then I would have, like, alerted the doctors. You know what I mean? I would have been like, "Mm, y'all need to come handle this man because I'm not doing it. (laughs) One thing led to another. The police came. And eventually they brought in, while Dick was in the hospital, they brought Corazon to the hospital, who was still dressed in her nursing uniform. To ID him. To ID him. And she did as the attacker. So, boom. They got their man. So, he goes to trial. And despite medical professionals' fears that Corazon would lapse into a psychosis... If she were to be asked about the murders, she boldly testified at Dick's trial.
1: Yeah, let's not underestimate this young woman that went through this trauma.
0: I was kind of mad when I read that. The, the time frame though. The time frame. A hundred percent. Things were women way are different hysterical.
1: Then. Yeah. They can't be trusted. They're too uh-huh. emotional. Got 100%. it.
0: Not the I mean, forget the fact that she did everything she did in right. yeah, no. no, She. She's still a woman and she's a short woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's not underestimate her. Yeah. So, per the Chicago Tribune, Corazon put on a show-stopping performance when she walked up... And stood fearlessly inches away from Dick when she had been asked to point a finger or point to the man who yeah. had done this. She got up inches from his face and pointed her finger in his face and said, This is the man. And Good they said, for everybody, her. I mean, there were so many people just like in all the articles I read, she's amazing. We couldn't have done this without her. She's brave. She's, a, you know, and uh, all these yeah. things. And yeah. I was like, She got up. I would have been like, Ooh. You know, Yeah, I mean? this guy killed my friends. Mm. Not
1: long ago. Mm -hmm. She
0: then recounted every detail she could from that night during her testimony and never wavered from her account. Dick had also left fingerprints as well, so prosecutors had an ironclad case against Dick. Which, great. I mean, if DNA was a thing back then, too, I'm sure it would have been even better. uh yeah, but no. So he was he was good. On April fifteenth, Dick was found guilty on all of the murder charges. Dick had originally be sent been sentenced to death, but in nineteen seventy two, the U.S. Supreme Court abolished capital punishment and commuted his sentence to one thousand or twelve hundred years in prison, or fifty to one hundred and fifty years for each woman slain that evening. Oh. So he he was, I mean, yeah. So you
1: live your life the rest of your days in Mm -hmm. prison. Okay. In
0: 1991, Dick died of a heart attack at the age of 49. Yep. To which I say, hallelujah. Dick was asked why he killed those nurses and he stated it just wasn't their night.
1: Ew. What?
0: I know. I knew I was going to read that Uh, and you were going to be like, are you fucking
1: kidding uh,
0: (laughs) me? He was also quoted saying, like, I always felt I had no feeling. If you were to ask me if I felt sorry, no. (sighs) Mm hmm. That's gross. There was, I didn't write it, but I, I'll say it anyways. There was also some like scandals that he was getting illegal drugs because they had, he had towards the end had developed breasts and he had been caught having sex with his cellmate. So they think somebody was giving him hormones to change his body at some point too. It was this whole thing, but I was like. I'm not going to get into it about him because I hate him, so. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. So there was this whole thing. It sounds like his time in prison was wild as well. And then just to give you a little bright spot at the end. Yeah, let's hear about her. Uh, Corazon went back to the Philippines and married a lawyer named Alberto Atienza. Itinez so Atienza. I don't know. But they did have two children. So she went back home? She did go back home for a little while. She eventually moved back and her family did as well. Her Uh kids and her husband moved back to the U.S., settling in Washington, D.C., Um, Where she worked up as a nurse up until she retired at the Georgetown University Hospital.
1: Good for her. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. She
0: never wavered in what she wanted to do as being a nurse, which I think is pretty amazing. That is amazing. She's now a grandmother. And by all accounts, as of 2016, when the last article that I saw written, she was happy, albeit a little bit more of a cautious person. She'll never Uh be the same, she said. But uh, she... Uh, Rightfully so. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Interestingly enough, though, her daughter also works as a nurse now. Aww. And Corazon also keeps in contact still with the victim's families. Yeah. That's amazing. So she's an amazing woman. Yeah. And her story is pretty amazing itself. And that is what I've got for you this week. That was pretty cool. I think I I might start sparing some of the details for you because you do so much better when I I don't give you all of it. I know. I know. And then some of it is inevitable. Like last, my last story with Anitra. Yeah. I had to tell you about some of that, but I I could have told so much more and I didn't with that. So I think I'm learning with you. I need to like, I dial don't. back the details while still giving enough for the listeners you
1: know I mean? if we if we get additional listeners they're gonna review and they're gonna be like uh I don't we care. need more smut yeah. i'm
0: gonna need you to give me all the shit okay i'll just get it.
1: earmuffs or something <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you can't can opt out like, oh. <laughs> i would be like looking at you for a response or like a reaction. Yeah. you're like oh i'm so sorry i can't hear you i'm so sorry <laughs> I have my unicorn oh my earmuffs God. on. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, oh, my gosh.
1: Well, you know, speaking of reviews, please like and yes. review our podcast. Subscribe. Yeah, subscribe. We are um, on Instagram,
0: Facebook, and I believe Twitter. Twitter. Yes. I'm
1: trying to get better at Twitter.
0: <laughs> you know what? I really, I feel like if, as long as we've got the two, I mean, if you guys need the Twitter, you can let us know. I'm trying really hard. Uh, but no, do please, we are begging you, please just leave a view. That would be wonderful. And I guess as always, ladies, trust your gut. And play to win.